Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. Now, you know our theme at the moment is living like Jesus. And one of the things that Roger is passionate about, and you're going to pick that up and you know that already, is how we see God work in the workplace, in business, and through some of those who've got entrepreneurial giftings, but how do we live like Jesus in a very practical way in the workplace, out there in the world, in everyday life, to see his kingdom come and influence people, the business world, and what is going on. So I want us to give Roger a massive welcome as he comes to, to bring the word this morning. Good morning. I, I can't see whether there's anybody out there. You are there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good morning. Um, as Pastor Clive introduced me, I'm Roger Green. Um, last week, we uh, Pastor, Cl- Pastor Colin was, was preaching here about our natural selves and our divine nature. And what we're going to do today is start to apply that in what we call the marketplace. So this is going to be about living like Jesus in the marketplace. Now, those of you who know me actually know that I prefer conversations, but it's actually quite difficult to have a conversation with, uh, with a whole bunch of you out there. But I would like you just to stand if you think you identify that you are in the marketplace. Thank you. If you in some way receive an economic exchange, money, pay, a pay slip at the end of a month, if you sell goods or services and you exchange that for money and you haven't stood up, please stand up. Anybody who's in employment. Now, if you're not in employment or you're not exchanging, selling goods, services, or even ideas, actually, royalties count with this, by the way, that is part of the market. Now, if you're not doing any of those things, what about those of you who buy services, goods, and products? Would you like to stand as well? Thank you. Guess what? You're in the marketplace. You are in the marketplace. This has something to do with you. Thank you. You can stay standing for the rest of the meeting if you want, but it's up to you. You're allowed to sit down. Now, where did... Think about the marketplace for a minute. Before the age of 30, what did Jesus do? He was a carpenter. Do you think he was a pushover when he was a carpenter, when he was trading? Do you think he negotiated prices? Do you think he got good deals? Do you think he gave great service to the people who bought those products from him? 
Yeah? What about Paul and his tent making? Do you think he was a pushover? Do you think he knew the value of his tents? So he knew how to get a good deal as well, didn't he? And just think then of, they were in the marketplace. These were people who were experienced in the marketplace. The Son of God, incarnate on earth, had his place in the marketplace. We look then at people like, what about Joseph, who ruled a nation? What did he do with his acumen, with the godly acumen that he had to rule a nation? He stored, didn't he? He heard from the Lord. He heard to store. He knew when to store, when to disperse. He knew how to strike deals with people. So being in the marketplace and being a believer isn't about being a pushover. It's we're there to bless. We are there to be salt and light. But there's lots of, lots of miracles in Scripture took place in the marketplace. So how's this relevant for our gospel mission? So Acts 1, 8 Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. How many of you work in your, in your business, in your employment, and you travel around this country or you travel around other countries? Okay, so Chris Reed, for example, just Chris and I had a quick conversation before I came up here. This last month, he's been in Spain, he's been in Algeria, he's been in France, he's been in the United, ne- the United Emirates and in Thailand. He's touched those nations. In the company I work in, I have a colleague who'll be out in China next week. I have colleagues who've recently been in Dubai. I've been in Holland. I've been in Belgium. Colleagues have been in Germany. We're touching those nations. And you're going to hear in a few moments from, I'm going to call, uh, invite Bola Laffe up. And Bola will talk to you a bit about his business and the nations that he is touching. But even if you're not doing that, you're touching your Jerusalem. Where is your Jerusalem? Your Jerusalem is where you are, where God has placed you to be. Your place of employment is part of your Jerusalem. Now, what we're going to talk about this morning, we're we're, we're going to unpack uh, biblically as well some issues around how we are in the marketplace and how we see what we see. But what I'd like to do now is invite Bowler up. Where are you, Bowler? Oh, yeah, need a mic, please. Have we got a handheld? Thanks, Steve. So, Bola is my good friend, and Bola runs a company called Opus Innovations. And he's a guy who has had an enormously successful career in investment banking, 
Um, so he's a man who, when we talk about natural gifts, God has gifted him naturally in a whole series of ways. But what we want to talk about and illustrate today is also not just that, but also what happens when you bring the divine nature into play with your natural gift. So, Bola, can, can you just say a little bit about the purpose of your, of your business? Yeah, um, good morning. Um, the, the business that I run now is, um, is a, a healthcare business. We manufacture and distribute healthcare products around the world. Um, but I, I didn't start there. As Roger mentioned, I actually started out in investment banking. In fact, before that, um, I also started out in the world of construction economics. I'm a chartered surveyor by background. But <coughs> excuse me, the Lord has put a number of different things in my way over time. That's meant my career has continuously changed, and it's still changing as of now, which is, which is great. So I had 22 years in investment banking, um, based in London, New York, and Tokyo, and finally got back to the UK in 2000 and 10. Um, but that wasn't where the Lord really wanted me. Even though it was a great career, I traveled the world with the, with the, with the bank and did a lot of things, I could feel that the Lord had put on me something quite different. And I got involved in products, basically. Our business only gets involved in products that are of benefit to people, animals, or the planet, nothing else. Anything that comes my way, I don't touch it, because that's not what God has put on my heart. Um, I also sit with Roger on his um, Ignite um, mentoring team. We run a program called Building a Winning Business, and I sit with Roger on that once a month where we try and help businesses grow, whether they be small businesses that are just starting out, or they're businesses that are established and they're actually looking to grow. <clears throat> have to excuse me a little bit this morning, I've actually got a bit of a chest, so it, it, may, it may kind of go here and there, hence the drink. Um, but anyway, I, I met Roger properly in 2017, which was just last year, um, after he introduced his book, which was titled, um, How on Earth Did That Happen? Which Roger talked to the church about that, as some of you may remember. Um, Pastor Clive did the, the intro. Um, and I felt at that time that the Lord was saying to me, buy the book. You've got to buy and read the book. Now, I don't read books because I just spend my whole life reading contracts and emails. So books are the, <laughs> the last thing I want to read. But I did. I obeyed. And I bought the book, and I read it, cover to cover, all 175 pages. I read it. Roger writes big, so it didn't take me long. So, <laughs> <laughs> But it's a great book. It, it is joined up when it I think it. Yeah. it is. Um, and for me, for me, it actually generated a lot of light bulb moments. And it's quite interesting that there's a lot of things that Roger was referring to in his book that I saw, I was relating to each and every one of them, thinking, I'm having all these issues with this business. Um, and it's not because I didn't know how to run a business. I'd spent a lot of my career running businesses and different <clears throat> platforms across the world. But something wasn't right with, with, with this business. Now, I was completely confused and baffled as to why I kept on running into these issues. And Roger's book, actually, and this is not to plug Roger's book at all, because that's not, not why I'm here. It's actually just to explain a few things to you guys. <clears throat> but it helped me to understand what was actually happening why I could not make this business work, despite the career that I had had that was successful, I could not make this business successful. Nothing I could do, absolutely nothing. Um, now, I could have gone back to the bank. That would have been the easy way out, right? I could have gone back to the bank and just refreshed that career. And just to tell you something, not to brag, but just to put something into perspective, then you'll see how all of this, what this means. After all of my outgoings every month, I still had tens of thousands of pounds spare every month. 
That's how much money I was earning. But what happened, the Lord never put it on me to go back and earn that kind of money, which is quite bizarre because I had to give up a lot to actually make this, this thing happen. But not once did he put it on my heart to go back and not once did he put it on my wife's heart to go back. Now, that meant different holidays. Maldives became Margate. Gucci became gone. All that kind of stuff <laughs> happened. It was, it was very, very different. Um, and we had to live that life. But you know what? That's what the Lord wanted us to do. And, 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 and we obeyed. Now, trying to get the business off the ground was hard. It, it meant going for years without a salary. So all the money that we'd kind of saved got depleted, just trying to run and, and get the business off the ground. And even a, a, a trip to Nando's became expensive, and that became an experience, believe me. Um, so it wasn't... <laughs> and that wasn't easy. Um, in short, all the luxuries had to go. That's, that's, that's what happened. All the luxuries had to go, and we kept... And I had to give away equity in the business to actually just keep cash coming in. And that's hard. If the guys that have started your own businesses, you start with 100%. It goes down to 80, it goes down to 70, it goes down to 50, because you've got to keep the business going, and you've got to raise that cash. Um, but, but despite all of this, we just carried on. Now, some of you may call it a mental malfunction. Some of my friends did. Some would call it divine intervention. But I called it God's plan. That's what it was. It was God's plan. And God had a plan for us. And I didn't know what that plan was, but I knew there was a plan. Now... It was all a journey of discovery, that's for sure. <clears throat> but the, lo the Lord had put on us, for what the Lord had put on us, and it had purpose. So after finishing Roger's book, I spoke to him after, after church one Sunday, and I said to Roger that, look, I've read your book. There's an awful lot of things in your book that applies to me. But what happened with the business is it felt like it was behind a glass screen. So the Lord had put lots of opportunities there, lots of the business was progressing, but I could not touch or unlock any of them. They were just there behind a screen. And there's something I hadn't been doing, but I didn't know what it was until I read Roger's book. Now, I remember asking, well, Roger asking me, actually, if I'd ever consecrated the business. I looked at him and thought, I didn't even know what consecrated meant. But anyway, he did, I said, after he'd explained, he said, I said, no, I hadn't. And that was the biggest mistake I'd made. I'd never submitted that business to God really hadn't. It was something I did off my own back. And that wasn't working. Not at all. So the way you can kind of think about consecration is it's when you register your business with God. When you buy appliances or you buy different things, you register them to get their warranty. You register them to actually get them recorded. You have to do the same with your business. And, whatever, and, and business, and I'll talk about this in a second, is not just if you're running a business, you've got jobs. Everybody stood up here when Roger kind of went through the various things about the marketplace because we are all in the marketplace and we have to register that with God. Mm. Otherwise, it won't, it won't work the way it could work. You may think it's working, but you may not be unlock, unlocking a lot of other things that could be there. So you may think it's successful and you may think I'm doing great, but God may have other things in store for you that could be even bigger, but you haven't unlocked them. So it's something just to really bear in mind. So what did I do? I said, Roger said to me, you know what, I'm going to come over to the business, I'm going to pray over your business. We'll pray over the business together, we'll consecrate the business, and that's what we're going to do, because that's what I'd figured was missing, and Roger kind of concluded with that as well. So that's exactly what Roger did. He came over, we prayed together over the business, we kind of submitted the business to God. Effectively, I stepped down as chairman and CEO, 
and the Lord took over those roles. I became the able assistant. <coughs> and thank God, God doesn't drink a lot of tea or coffee because I would have been very busy. Um, <laughs> but it, and, and, and that was the change. The difference, the difference was like heaven versus earth, night versus day. You wouldn't believe the difference it made. No comparison whatsoever. And don't get me wrong, guys, there's still challenges and there's still issues. That will happen with any business. That's the nature of business. It's not always going to be free-flowing and, and roses and everything, but you've just got to know how to deal with that stuff. The difference is I don't have to worry about it now because I leave it to the CEO. My day is like, God, it's your, it's your issue. And, and my job is to execute. And that's exactly what happens now. I don't worry about anything. I just let the business go, go its course. Um, this time last year, my biggest worry was, how are we going to pay November salaries? How are we going to pay the December rent? Right, that was my two biggest worries this time last year. My biggest worries this year is, how do we take the building next door and expand? Yeah. And, and, and literally, and, and the, 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 the second one, yeah, I've got the business, how do, yeah, how do you take the business next door? And how do we manage the pipeline of business that just keeps landing on, on, our, on our doorstep? We can't out keep up with the business now. Literally cannot keep up with it. So, <laughs> yeah. But of course, I don't have to worry because the Lord will take care of all of that stuff. I don't have to worry about it. I know the answers are already there. I just don't know necessarily what the answers are, but I know God does. So the favors that have come our way since dedicating the business, just too many to mention, to be honest. I can't go through them all, but I will share two or three with you just so you can put this into perspective again. And the... <clears throat> Excuse me. The, the first one is, we've just taken on a, a Japanese biotech product. It's a, I won't go into the detail, quite technical, but it's a biotech product. Now, the Japanese have been offered 30 million pounds for this particular product. Now, I can't say too much about it, but anyway, I say what I can say about it, but the, the, they've been offered 30 million pounds for this product. Um, we got the product basically for a couple of grand and global exclusivity because the Japanese company basically decided that we would put people and planet before profit. Yeah. Now that's, that's for us, is a miracle. The, the other thing with the premises locate, relocation that I mentioned earlier on, we knew that we'd have to spend a lot of money just trying to move, take the whole premises down, returning it back to its condition and giving it back to the landlord, find other premises, build them out, and all that kind of stuff, which costs money for people that understand all that stuff. It costs a lot of money. But guess what? Somehow, and I know how the somehow happened, the units next door to us, both on the left and the right, have become available. We don't have to move. We can just expand left and right. <laughs> so, um, and then lastly, now we sell our collective of products now in 35 countries around the world. Um, I'm a, thankfully, I don't have to travel too much, but... As Roger says, we're touching a lot of nations. Just this last couple of months, I've been in China, I've been in Japan. <coughs> Next month, I'll probably be in Dubai, I've got to be in Germany, and it just carries on. But we are touching people. We're making such a difference to people's lives now, especially with our diabetes care products. That's really changing the lives of people. And most people, if you know about diabetes, 
is one of the fastest growing diseases in the world. It's, it's, it's one in, nine, one in t nine people have diabetes. So it's, it's, but it's, we're able to touch people with that now and actually help. So what has happened is not a series of co coincidences or luck or a series of flukes. It's simply a case of unlocking God's blessings over the business. That's what it's been. Okay. And it's happened as a result of faith, dedication, conviction, confession, and repentance. Because I got it wrong in the beginning. I had to say, Lord, I'm sorry, I got it wrong. I didn't dedicate this business to you. I didn't trust you with my decisions. I did it all myself. I tried to do it all myself. That didn't, didn't work. So, and that's made a big difference. So everything that I've shared with you doesn't just relate to people that run their own businesses. It relates to our everyday work. That's right. And that's the one thing that we've got to remember. And I'd like to finish just leaving you guys with some, some thoughts and some guidance from the lessons that I've learned, because this really does work. It's, it's not stuff that you just write down and it doesn't, it, it, it works. And one is that pray over your businesses or your jobs at the start of every day. I pray over my business on my drive to work every day. Every day, without fail. But I also thank the Lord every day at the end of my day for what he's done mm -hmm. and for what he's doing in the business. Sometimes I find myself driving the whole way to work, praying the whole way, or driving home, praying the whole way. But it's because it is it happening. Pray for your business partners, your bosses, your staff, and your co-workers. Pray for the people around you. Business is all about people. Without people, business doesn't exist. So pray for people around you. Submit your decision-making to the Lord, however big or small. doesn't matter. If you've got a, a, an issue, submit it to the Lord. No problems too big or too small. Pray over difficult situations. I pray over any big email or important email that I write, I pray over that email. I don't just write it. I ask God to guide my hand, guide my head, and guide my heart as I write that email. Because I want the right outcome. I don't just leave it to luck and just think, I'm going to write this email and it doesn't matter what happens. I, I, I give it to God. Fulfill your duty of tithing. Don't underestimate the power of tithing, guys. <coughs> don't underestimate it because money is a regulator. It's a commercial regulator. And a lot of us, we live... Money is too close to our hearts for a lot of people. And the, what happens then is that we don't do what we're supposed to do as far as God's concerned. At the end of the day, it's in the Bible. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians. We are to do our tithing. And remember in Hebrews 13.5, keep your lives free from the love of money. Yes, mm. yes, 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 yes. And remember also, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. That's 1 Timothy 6 verse 10. So it's very easy to get our hearts set on money. And then what we're doing is restricting other things that God can release in our lives. So I think we need to put less of an emphasis on the love of money. Of course we need money. If you take money, just to show you how important money is, if you take money out of the world for an hour, there'll be civil war. There'll be issues all over. The world cannot exist without money. Think about it. If we just said, for one hour, everything's going to be free, think what happens. Just play that out in your minds. So it, and that shows you how important the value of money is. So there's a lot of value in money, but we have to be careful how we deal with it. We cannot let money manage us. Yeah, we have to manage money, and that's the difference.
And then lastly, ask for God's favor, blessing and guidance in your work life and keep this channel of communication open. Don't just use that channel when you're going through difficult times. And that's the thing. Because sometimes we find ourselves praying when things have gone wrong, but very rarely do we pray when things are good and when things are right. So you've got to keep that channel of communication open all the time. And what I'll leave you, I'll leave you with a thought. It's quite an interesting one. And if God is your co-driver, swap seats. (laughs) (laughs) Quickly. (laughs) Because he'll get you there quicker and without getting lost. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Bola. Um, Bola mentioned about Ignite, and you've got on your chairs a little flyer. Um, if you want to hear another story that is, is quite similar to Bola's, about that consecration, that, that complete bringing together of natural skills, natural abilities, with our divine nature, uh, there's a video on there on the, on the website, www.ignitework.net. There's a video there from Paul and Bev Sachs. And you would see that that's about half an hour. Uh, the MP3 is on there, which is the full hour. But it's, it's an amazing testimony about how the spiritual and the technical, the professional and the prophetic play together. And the results are astonishing. They truly are astonishing. That's the story I've mentioned it before about, you know, for a major government project, a procurement, a company of two people went up against a company of 68,000 people and won. Bowler told his story about that, that kind of Japanese license, you know, the, the two grand versus the 30 million. Um, these guys have, you know, they now have, they've sold the perpetual license for their software to the Ministry of Justice. Get that, a perpetual license. So when you dedicate, when you consecrate your your work to the Lord, amazing things happen. And we're going to have an opportunity to do that consecration in a few moments. But before we go to that, I just want to uh, touch on some, some quick uh, principles from the Bible. And we're not going to have time to go through all of these in great depth. But if you look at Matthew 24, 25, 14 to 18, and it's an end times parable, isn't it? It talks in there about get, being given to each according to his abilities. God has made us with natural abilities. They're not all the same. They're not all the same according to their abilities. Psalm 139, I absolutely love. You you knitted me together in my mother's womb. God didn't make any mistakes when he made me. He didn't make any mistakes when he made you. He knitted you together in your mother's womb. And he gave you a divine spark. And sometimes we lose that divine spark. We kind of get it knocked out of us in our workplaces and our professions and our training. Go back and look for it again. Ask God, what is that divine spark you've given me? 
You heard Bowler talk there about that purpose of his business. Things that are good for people, animals, and the planet. That's a Genesis 2.15 mandate where God said, take, he put the man in the garden to work it and to care for it. We are given a guardianship, a stewardship role by the Lord in his creation. That's the central purpose of Bowler's business. And you can talk to him and ask him for some examples later on about how he is bringing in, how through that company, they're bringing in products replacing plastics, for example, uh, to create a sustainable, much more sustainable world for our children to live in. So we all have natural abilities. Go look for them. We all have, guess what, the authority of the believer. You might not run a business. You might not have positional authority in where you work. That doesn't matter. You have the authority of the believer. Luke 10, 19. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. Nothing will harm you. There's nothing in that scripture that says, and by the way, that doesn't, that doesn't apply 9 to 5, Monday to Friday. <laughs> nothing in that scripture that says that. I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. So you have the authority of the believer. Hebrews 11. We know the great faith chapter. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. The question is, how do we see what we see? How do I see my work? How do I see... Those of you in employment, you'll get one of these things, probably the end of a month, yeah? A pay slip. How do I see it? Do I see that as my fare or paltry reward from my employer? Or do I see it as God's provision for me? This is the way he's chosen to provide for me so that I can feed my family and I can bless the world. I can bless my neighbors. I can walk in his anointing. How many of you pray over your place slips when you receive it and go, God, I thank you for your provision for me today. I thank you for your provision for my family. I thank you that you choose to provide for me this way. Now, some of you might actually be in jobs that you're not particularly enjoying. And you think, well, it's all well and good talking about my divine spark, but this is a drudge. How do you see what you see? Do you see it through the eyes of faith? Or do you see it through the eyes of your experience? Do you see it through your natural experience? Or do you see it through your divine nature? Our call is to see it through our divine nature. James 3 talks about how we speak, how we are, how we behave. There's nothing in James 3 about taming the tongue, 
that says we don't have to do that and guide that when we're in our business, when we're in our workplace, when we're, we're having a conversation with our clients, when we're having a conversation with our peers, our bosses. We are to be salt and light in those conversations. doesn't matter how challenging it is. There's no kind of qualification in the scripture that says, oh, and by the way, it's okay if you've just had a lousy performance appraisal or you don't really like your boss, then it's okay to, you know, speak in a different way. It doesn't make that exception at all. We are to speak as Jesus would speak in our situations. Bola talked about consecration, and we're going to have an opportunity to, for everybody to consecrate, which means dedicate to the Lord, set apart, holy for God. We're going to do that in a few moments. It doesn't matter what your work is. It doesn't matter what your business is. This is an opportunity to dedicate your work to the Lord, to consecrate your work. And consecration, yes, there is an event, but also it's a continuing state of being. We have to continuously consecrate ourselves. Part of um, our story as a business, God, the Lord brought us to, took us to Israel um, on a kind of a, a company mission, a company um, kind of retreat a few years ago, and one of the, the things that were most, was probably the most important part of that whole experience was being on Mount Carmel with David and Karen Davis at Kehilat HaKarmel. Just as a company, literally the kind of 10 of us, David and Karen, some of their staff, and we spent three hours with them in that place. And if you've been in that place, I mean, my experience of it first time was that was like the closest place that I've, I've ever been to heaven. Um, but David prophesied over us. And in that prof prophecy, he spoke that word of consecration over our business. And that was one of the most extraordinary experiences of my life. I don't know if you've ever experienced that when you're on your knees and you actually feel as though you melt into the stone, that you don't exist. You just melted into the stone of that of, of the rock of Christ. That was our experience. So out of that, con that consecration is essential. So what I'm going to ask, um, if we could, can we stand, please? I'm just going to ask you to, we're going to play out a song um, from Bethel Worship. It's called For the One. I'd like you to just close your eyes and let the words of this minister to you please just minister let the words minister and flow over you thank you Lord thank you Jesus let all my life tell of who you are of the wonder of your never ending love that even in just a smile they can see and feel the Father's love so I want you now just to consecrate where you are. Just lift your heart to the Lord. Whatever work you do, consecrate your work to the Lord. Consecrate it, set apart 
holy unto you, Lord God. We consecrate our work. We consecrate every business here. We consecrate every organization. We consecrate everything to you that all our lives tell of who you are, Lord God. We consecrate to you our relationships at work in our business. We consecrate to you, Lord God, our pipelines, our cash flow, our contracts, our services, our goods, our abilities, our capabilities, our skills. We consecrate them to you, Lord God. And we pray your anointing on our work in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. That where we need to repent of how we've seen our jobs, of how we see what we see, we ask, Lord God, that you align our, our vision with your vision for our work that mandate that you've given us. We praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. And what I'd like to do now, if we, can we have the, um, the Freedom Prayer team forward, please? And as you just uh, let the Lord minister to you, there are going to be issues in your workplaces you might have difficulties with contracts. You might have difficulties in relationships with peers, with your boss. Uh, it might be something that kicked off in work last week and it was just the most awful experience. It was like hell broke loose. Or you might be facing something in the work, in, in your workplace in the week that's coming ahead. You may be going out to win a new contract. You may be visiting a new country. Or you may be just... Lord, please provide for me. Lord, show me what my spark is. Show me what that divine thing is that you've put in me, Lord God, that you want to bring out of me. You want to make me fruitful. If any of those things are speaking to you, just come out now and come to the front and just put it before the Lord. If you need to repent of the way that you've seen your work, just come out. Come and pray. Just put it before the Lord. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Just come out now and lay it before the Lord. Lay your business before the Lord. Lay your relationships before the Lord. Lay your tongue before the Lord. Lay your performance before the Lord. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.